Right. So, um, following up on the pattern that we've been following, so anyone can start today to talk about uh, your insights and your questions, feedback, learnings from the Karma Yoga first few pages that we are discussing today. Who would like to go today first? You're on last bench. <laughs> yeah, one thing that I understand is that, you know, there is, I mean, uh, uh, inaction is not an option in front of us. So, you know, you have to do uh, what you are expected to do. And the only thing is that, you know, you don't, uh, you don't be attached to the outcome is, is I think, the crux uh, that I that I felt you know all along in the chapter. So like you know uh, as Ajuna says that you know I don't uh, what if I don't uh, if I just go and uh, do a um, finance for this and I mean not don't talk to anyone do some tapasya and so on. So that is not an option for us for any of us to right. I mean it has to be uh, we have to do what we have to do and uh, you know the. Getting attached too much to the outcome is what makes us either uh, happy or unhappy. And uh, uh, I, if if you are able to, uh, you know, have this knowledge, yeah, if you are able to have this knowledge, I think uh, it will help us uh, uh, stay in that uh, uh, mode. Actually, stay in that state where we are not really affected by the outcome. I know it is not easy, but yeah, that's what we, we you know, should aim for. Yeah, I think that's the well said. And, and you know, uh, Anu, we'll just take that thread a little bit forward. So the, the question is, uh, uh, the question is, you know, as you were reading through and you got this insight, Sakuba, did you uh, did you think through as to what what could be the way? Yeah, I know it's it's very difficult and all that, but did you did you have some ideas about how we can actually achieve this? Not being attached to the results, I mean. Uh, uh, no, if I had, frankly, I don't have, um, you know, uh, some I practical think, think that, insights to that. I think that gets answered in the following pages when it says karma yoga, you know. And, uh, and Satya, uh, what you said is correct, but there's only one one small question if i may say so i want to make here in the book in the uh, in somewhere it also says that there are two ways of living one is the life of renunciation while seeking knowledge and the other is life of action while seeking knowledge so it's not necessary that only action is warranted in all the cases that's why it's also more the says, source. go ahead Good, good. Yeah, so uh, some of the people doing tapasya and sadhus, you know, who have renounced the world are also seeking knowledge. So here in this case for Arjuna, he being a warrior, action is warranted. So it, there are various paths, that's what uh, we understand, to reach the knowledge, you know, to seek the knowledge. Yeah, but it is, I think it is also true. See, I know, I know that we are not... Uh, uh, Arjuna from a warrior perspective, but um, uh, but we are also we are definitely not on the other side. I mean, we are not uh, you know uh, rishis you know who can completely renounce everything and do tapasya uh, and so on. So I think I would if if we have to compare ourselves, I think Arjuna comes closer to the scale rather than uh, rishi actually. So I mean, what we do, what we work. I mean, Arjuna may be a warrior, and we may be doing other things. And I think from that perspective, I, you know, uh, I don't think we are ready. I mean, at least I'm not ready, or many of us may not be ready from a, a complete renunciation perspective. We may reach there at some point, but uh, or may not reach also. But um, at least from a, from what we do on a daily basis, I think if it if this can be applied, I think we can also feel. You know, I mean, we can also reach the stage uh, what Krishna is asking Arjuna to do. And I, if I can just say, I think I agree with that because, you know, on this part where it says, so which mode should we adopt? 
I don't think it tells you that there's a specific mode. All it says is that if you're already contemplative. So I think to me, what I, for me, the take home out of this was, I think if you are contemplative, yes, you can start on the path with that, where the ratio of action to contemplation might be higher. I don't know if all, I, for me personally, I don't think I can be either only action oriented or only contemplative. It's a bit of both because to trigger my action, maybe I need contemplation and maybe some of my actions have triggered my contemplation and the other way around too. So I think only then will I be able to go towards it. So I have to kind of, you know, you pull both strings and you move along or take the support of both as I reach towards figuring out. Very, very well said, Anu. Very well said. You're on mute, Kishore. Sorry. Now, now, now you can hear me, no? Uh, okay, so yeah, one yeah. follow-up question, uh, which uh, for, uh, for both Satya and Rajan. Um, so uh, uh, did you think about why, um, you know, there, there are two paths, obviously, right? The, you know, when somebody takes the, uh, the monk, takes monkhood and decides not to act, right? So obviously, they are trying to stop any future karma from coming in. But why, why does Krishna say that is not an option for, uh, or that is, well, that's an option for very few, right? Because, and for the vast majority of us, that means, uh, you know, you don't have to do that to um, get, the, get to the same point. And did you realize why that is the case? Why inaction does not work? So um, I, I, I'll just uh, state this, but basically we have already accumulated, right, for a period of even this birth, we have accumulated a whole set of, uh, a, a bag full of karma, right, um, karma points, if you will, one way or the other, we have accumulated that. So we have those vasanas in us, the samskaras or the vasanas in us, which, has, which, is def which defines our nature today. So our nature today has been, is, is the result of a lot of the vasanas that is there. Um, and those vasanas have been accumulated in this birth as well as in previous births. However, number of births, right? Those have uh, come in. And then there is only a, a, a small portion of that has been fructified to be handled in this birth, right? And that is ready to be um, uh, uh, burnt in this birth, right? So that's what we are going through. So even with that, um, if you look at it, you've already accumulated that. How will you get rid of the existing uh, karmas that are already there? If you say there is no action anymore in my life, yes, future karmas, even if you do that very, you know, perfectly, um, future karmas may not happen. But then what happens to the past karma that determines whether you can actually do this, go and take up monkhood or not? You know, that is going to have a big impact on, on your ability to stay in monkhood in the first place. So, in other words, for most of us, that may not be an option at all. Are you saying it's like, it's like something that you, Newton's third law of motion, you set something in motion and it keeps on going unless until you put a break to it or unless you change course to it? Yeah, in a way, right? So, you've already accumulated that. It's in your backpack. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, you may not add more things into the backpack, but what do you do with things that are already there, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and, so and, and that has an impact on us, right? And that defines our nature today. So, in fact, in, in the Gita, they talk about how, uh, well, at least Guruji talks about this when he, uh, when he explains this. He's like, uh, you know, Arjuna is a Kshatriya, and he, um, he's ambitious. He is, he, uh, obviously, both of them are householders also. So that is also an important point to note here. Krishna is a householder and so is Arjuna, right? So they're not necessarily, and, and that symbolism doesn't go unnoticed. The fact that and they are they're And not Krishna had 16,000 wives. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> not um, one. So, <laughs> so that doesn't go unnoticed either, right? I mean, uh, it's for, uh, so, uh, uh, so if you think about it, it's not 
the only path. Moncode is not the only path. Even as a householder, it's possible. And he, in fact, encourages Arjuna to do this because, hey, that's your nature. You are a Kshatriya. You, you cannot stay. Uh, you are a leader. You're a born leader. That's your quality. That's your nature. So even if you go into Himalayas and sit there in a cave, you're probably going to figure out how, um, you know, how to create a union and fight for all the sadhus in the cave there, right? So that's how, uh, that's because that's your nature. That hasn't been changed. So, 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 Kishore, you know, Kishore, uh, you know, does it also mean uh, that, you know, okay, so I, I, so far, suppose I've done, I've accumulated some karma points, you know, uh, say more bad uh, compared to, you know, good karma points, actually. And I start now doing, uh, I follow karma yoga now and uh, do the right things. And uh, so, of course, I will not now accumulate more um, karma points, either good or bad. But will it also, you know, kind of, Cancel out what I have done in the past, you know. Is that is that uh, uh, yeah. the way you explain? You know, it also yeah. means that. So is that how it is? Right. I don't so, know. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I'll hold my answer. Let Alpana. Yeah, Alpana, go ahead, please. Okay. And I'll I'll hold. I yeah yeah. Go ahead. So, so a simple way to understand is like bank balance. So you have some money in the in the bank, right? So that is good and bad, both karmas. They never neutralize each other. So uh, they are carried forward as bad and good karmas. You withdraw some cash out of it, that is your current birth. And current birth in Vedanta, they give the example of, it is the arrow which has left the bow. So it has been fired. So, so it can't be stopped. It has to reach its destination. So these karmas are the prarabdha karmas, as they call, and you have to go through them in this life. And that is why you notice that even the monks, etc., uh, they go through certain, certain things. Maybe it's apiash or bad health or whatever. Because those, those bows have left, those arrows have left the bow, and they need to give their fruit to the person. Now what you are doing in this birth, will actually get added to the bank balance. There are few which will give fruits in the current life also. Yeah? Okay. Now, say at this point in time, you start doing karma as per the karma uh, theory that you don't expect uh, the outcome and you're not doing it with a doership um, motive. Then no new karmas are created but you still have the prarabdha karmas that you need to take care of, which are the arrows which have been shot. So, so I think what, what we are trying to say is that Arjun has some prarabdha, uh, which he has to go through, and, uh, uh, and Kishore put it very rightly, that you know, he'll create a union in the Himalayas if he was to, to leave it, because these are the prarabdha that he is born with. And as a Kshatriya, that is what you're born with. Now, the only way to, you can never negate a karma, but these can be burnt by the knowledge. And that is all what we are seeking. So once we attain that, or that knowledge dawns, it will burn the bank balance. That's the only way to get rid of them. Otherwise, you keep taking births again and again to consume them. And we keep creating more and more karmas. So that bank balance is actually huge. You know, it can't be... It can't be consumed in even few words if we keep doing karma yoga well. So I'll uh, right. so expect just a question on uh, go ahead. Can I just add to what Alpana is saying? You know, I think there's also one more way, Sakuba, to answer your question, there's also one more way where you can quote unquote reduce the impact of what has been done in the past by doing some some things, okay, that, that they call it as uh, prashchita karma, which is like, you know, repentance, you know, that you do. And most of the time, you know, it's, it, may, it, it may be very difficult to do it because, you know, it requires uh, certain techniques that, that is probably lost in our current generation. But, uh, and, but at the same time, there's one technique that works, uh, that apparently works, but you don't know whether it's going to be really impactful or not. Uh, that, that technique is basically, you know, uh, uh, donation donating your time, donating your knowledge, or donating your money. These are the only ways. Donation is the only way in the current context that we are in 
if you do it if you think that something is impacting you bothering you you do that and you pray for it going away it may go away it's still no guarantee so i have a question then so is karma only a physical action because from my way of looking at it karma can even be from thoughts you can yes. accumulate yes. or even pay forward from thoughts so yes when i when i trying to say gain or whatever the good karma can also be good thoughts that might not necessarily influence me but it could also my karma can also influence the world or my environment around me is am i understanding that right absolutely yeah even thoughts okay. are karma yeah okay it's not yeah. just a physical absolutely. action but if you if you yeah. think of others well being or good this thing that yeah. influences them but if you think oh i am doing this you get the benefit of it and you get good good results back but at the end so, of it so, even things. so, <laughs> so, so pray, uh, you need to come back i have a question so, uh this is on the like the site okay now is karmic accounts related only for those who read our fucking news what about the karmic accounts of the leaders that you see in the world like the leaders of north korea or maybe china or usa you know you were traveling what about their karmic accounts who takes care of them or what do they do like interestingly our shastras talk about that also that india is actually a karma bhumi rest of the world is bhog bhumi so you come and bhog so you get proofs of your actions at most places so you know you get some good karma that you are keeping the benefit staying outside but uh, when they say that in, in india you you actually have the karma bhumi where you can you know what rajesh was saying so the karma all of these karmas are of three types so one is tivrata one is tivra and one is mand so the mand is meaning very it's a big karma so that can be overcome it can be overcome even by your effort say you were to lose 100 rupees you go and earn 10000 rupees losing that 100 rupees wouldn't impact you so you put in the effort to 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 earn more so the so the the prarab that that was to lose 100 rupees doesn't really impact you it's not that it didn't happen but it it happened and it did not impact you and then the second category is tivra uh, karma which can be done with you know what rajesh was saying if you give dan so again the idea is when you give dan you put in effort you earn that extra money which you can spare or you you know you you go through some you know either restraint to not use that money and give it away right so you're going through so see so in turn that result of karma you're taking as which is not so significant to you you know you're still going through the karma the effect of it but you're giving that money away and it neutralizes it somewhat is an alternate fruit for that karma but then there are tivratar karmas which cannot be you know stopped so, um, so but those are actually very few that you have to go through in this life and there's just no price shit for them so ajay was having a question yeah no i i mean i'm finding this conversation very 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 fascinating uh, one of the points alpna you made was that about the the arrow being fired right and so in a way you know nature or god has decided that in this uh, janam uh, i am going to be a a particular kind of person whether shatriya or monk or whatever is that sort of something which is destined and therefore whatever has been destined i need to do and therefore my actions need to uh, sort of uh, follow that path is that sort of why you may not follow but they are influenced by that yes right so if 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 for example i am destined to be a monk i need to then do things that i would i i i need to do things that a monk needs to do or follow universe will present those opportunities that will facilitate that because for one earth 
imagine how many combinations need to be thought through who will need to get that particular thing it's an it's an infinite algorithm that needs to be put in yeah. place on one person to be born that's why they say this human birth is just so invaluable valuable yeah because actually conditions needed to be met for us to be born the parents we are born to the kids we have the people we meet the friends we meet the opportunities we get the work we do how many million people we meet and how many things we come across it's 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 all to make those prarabd work mm -hmm. yeah right. actually you know i i i'm yeah. suddenly getting a little uh, i'm just doing a, a check on that on that subject of what we're discussing right although it is karma the topic what we were discussing in the book and where we went off was slightly diff off track the different definition of karma if you guys are still comfortable doing that i'm fine with it but otherwise i'm just conscious of the topic what we are supposed to discuss it's okay i mean rajesh i mean you inevitably yeah. kind of start to think about multiple things uh, not okay. limited that's fine right yeah that's fine yeah so, i i would like to add one more thing which i've been reading recently and it's fascinating this is a metaphysics if you think about it of um of how it it actually happens right um so my understanding is that follows right so when we are born we are born with certain vasanas or samskaras right think of it as um personality traits or nature right so um uh, so the way i think about it is this, this we have these cluster of samskaras in us right when i say in us in, in, this is in our subconscious in our subtle body in our mind but in a place where it's not directly accessible now these samskaras are in 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 these clusters and these clusters create what are different personality traits right now so we are born with certain samskaras or vasanas samskaras is used in i think mostly in yoga and vasanas is used in vedanta and they determine our nature right so karma has decided with karma in this birth we were born with certain um uh, um vasanas and or samskaras and to certain parents as um, alpana just said right so a uh, boy uh, being born to those uh, the set of parents would have given us certain advantage or disadvantage depending on again what Uh, has been fructified in this birth or what we are supposed to be doing right so for example if somebody is born i mean in the previous birth somebody had done certain things um and had accumulated some and that in this birth a certain they are supposed to achieve certain things you know this person might be born as a child of a singer and obviously this child has an advantage in music obviously being born to somebody like that now i was applying the same theory to people we know uh, so i was looking at uh, swami sarvapriyananda as an example right okay so he is i think he's less than 50 right uh, he is not that he is very young from from that perspective so i was wondering okay he has been how how was he influenced right and i saw that his parents were already on the spiritual path and being born to those parents obviously creates a, a certain type of influence in him uh, and which led to where he uh, the the party that that he followed right so some of these things kind of line up based on uh, based on what we have in our bag uh, certain other things like uh, the samskaras are our nature now to the question of how do i uh, by doing the right thing now starting now as an example how do i affect my um uh the rest of my life or even the next birth and so on is also kind of mentioned in the book which is that we are um the only way to affect the samskaras because it's in the subconscious it is not available directly is by adding by neutralizing them right so uh, in a way it's like um, burning the seeds you cannot remove the seed because they are they are not available for us but you can burn it and so the the potential of the seed has been destroyed right or it's been diminished so by this uh, this act of karma yoga it 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 neutralizes some of those seeds by removing its potential so um let's say um so that particular nature uh, personality trait kind of goes down 
And so you can think of these samskaras as being likes or dislikes. So uh, a strong liking becomes a slightly less liking and, and then goes down a little bit further down. So, so it is changed in our subconscious. Okay, uh, in terms of the metaphysics, that's, that's kind of how I'm understanding it to be working. Yeah, actually, I can, I can corroborate to what, what you're saying. You know, uh, uh, some of you know this, you know, Kishore and Alpana, I think I probably shared this, maybe with Sakuba also. Uh, uh, there is a place, uh, yeah, I'm narrating a personal episode, right? There is a place uh, in Tamil Nadu known as Vaidishwaran Koyal. There, uh, Agastya Rishi seemed to have set up, uh, you know, when he moved from north to south, he stayed there because he didn't want Vindyas to grow taller than, and all that stuff. That's a different story. So these people, he wrote some palm, uh, palm leaf stories, okay? And he written stories for everybody. So if you, tomorrow if you go there and uh, if they find, quote-unquote, your leaf, they will be able to tell you your past and all that stuff. And they'll also predict what you are today, what you're likely to become a couple of years later. They'll do that. So in my case, I'll tell you this, okay? They predict all I had to tell them was give, maybe give, give my thumbprint, I think, and my name, okay? They told me what I did in the last few uh, births, okay, what proclivities do I have? Right? They never asked me what I was doing. They never asked me who my parents were, nothing. Okay? Just, they were able to tell me what proclivities I have. They even they went to the extent of telling me that uh, I was associated uh, like a trader in my past life. I was also associated with uh, 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 being a, something in the medical profession, either a doctor or a psychiatrist or some, something like that. And they said that, you know, you, you probably will have this kind of a profession now. And I was right. I'm in sales. And but, but the most important thing what you guys should know is that they predicted something. This was about uh, 10 years back what I did, maybe 10, 12 years back. They predicted that my daughter will uh, have a career in the medical field. My, still, my daughter still doesn't know it, but she's actually getting into uh, getting to become a doctor. See, this is the question I was asking a few sessions back that I want to know what I was, and Elpna said, no, you don't want to know. So I didn't know. <laughs> so, no, no, what I'm saying is, VP, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make a difference to know. What I'm saying is, Oh, I know, oh, I know, oh, but I'm oh, just saying, it's a nickel guy, oh, nickel guy, I want to follow her now. So to me, to me, where you're coming from, is very important. Ahead, yeah, you know, VP, that's a slightly longer discussion because, you know, I'm only telling you only the positive things. What are the negative things I'm not telling you, right? Why do you want to know? <laughs> no, no, I, because, see, as we are talking, since you are off topic, uh, it says that you can't change your nature. Maybe that is my nature that I need to know the past before I can think about the future. Sure, go ahead. So, so I'll get the address and all that separately from you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let me don't get, don't get access to the, uh, you know, what he says, you know, like, sorry. <laughs> okay, another thing, another thing that is occurring, uh, like, uh, what about the rituals? Like, you know, like, the, uh, often people say that uh, if you want to, in, uh, you know, reduce uh, the influence of your previous birth on this life, you should go take a dip in the Ganga Sagar. You know, so what do you all think about it? About that ritual, taking a dip in the Ganga Sagar to you know remove your previous birth karmas. No, it's easy. 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 Psychological effect, but seen it works, but you need to be in the right mind doing that. And if you know <laughs> it all and then take a dip, it will work. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You have to you have to bow to the sukshma energy of that Ganga Sagar. And that, that sukshma energy, if you can connect to, will will help the, the knowledge dawn. So these things help, but um, they're not just a physical activity. If done as a physical activity, no, it has no impact. But otherwise, it does. These are very deep. I mean, all 
all these uh, devas that we call ganga is not the river that is flowing it is the power behind which flows from brahma it's there in the whole brahma ganga we call it right so it is that power when you bow to that it will it will cleans your karma it will cleans your mind it will settle down your mind it's far deeper than you know we can even comprehend so i don't want to go into detail of that so i have, so I, I have a slightly tangent i have a slightly tangential question uh, uh, which is you know when you think about sort of uh, you know ganga and you know, brahma and all these sort of indian sort of hindu sort of my thinking gods and everything else right why is it the background why is it limited only to the subcontinent i mean why is the why is the volga not as as uh, holy as the ganga for that matter or whatever you know you know what i mean it's sort of random so you know one one side i can give about Sorry. the business of ganga it has been found that ganga contains you know a plasmid uh, which originates i don't know where from its origin maybe but it contains a plasmid which engulfs bacteria you know that's why you keep the ganga water is called holy and you know this it says like that because it is allowed in there so that's why it's considered to be holy so i mean i have heard a scientific talk on the ad because it contains certain plasmids which engulf bacteria so bacteria yes. do not grow in ganga waters so my my question my question guys was so slightly because it lives perpetually you know it doesn't bacteria doesn't doesn't grow in uh, ganga waters so it lives perpetually and that was probably one of the reasons what was called a holy water other waters maybe sometime you know bacteria will grow or some it will get spoiled get foul you know i get but, i get that I, my question my question was slightly slightly different which is that why is it that in our in the gita or in our holy books so i'm trying to paraphrase it differently or, or rephrase it really which is why is it that in our sort of you know holy books is that the the earth or is limited to sort of the the subcontinent and why doesn't it extend beyond uh something like a question which comes to my mind often that no, why is kind of actually very sort of limited geographically ajay ajay i i yeah. i i i i read this somewhere uh, i think i i forwarded that book to somebody i think maybe vp rajesh or vivek mittal i don't know actually there's a lot of noise i don't know if is it me or you guys are also hearing it no no it is from yeah, i think it. line looks like because it that got his name um, his face keeps coming up may his line keeps coming up. yeah like if you can use so, mute your face thank you yeah. so what uh, what i for example i heard that uh, it's not that uh, you know uh, the other other rivers or oceans are not uh, mentioned in our scriptures as holy or not right for example i heard that uh, the west coast of the us right there used to be a rishi who lived here called kapila rishi and that's why this place is supposedly called california over a period of time mm. okay so it's not that it it was not the case you know a lot of saints have moved from india to spread the message across and all that but what has happened is that the the entire science behind understanding what is this entire world and what is what is the reality behind the entire world and how we should relate to the entire world that science came from the indian subcontinent from the thinkers from the rishis from the seers there okay and they start start sort of started using examples that people in that particular area can understand relevantly right mm. it's not that you know you know it's impossible for anybody to say just because we have you know different oceans with different names you know if someone says that these oceans are not connected i think that would be a very foolish answer do you agree to that no i agree with that no, sorry my question, i think that was a wrong way to ask the question my question was more around the fact that you know for for some reason our scriptures only mention or you know we we only go as far as for example sri lanka for that you know you know what i mean right or or the himalayas right but there is a whole world outside which which gets maybe, maybe doesn't, doesn't get mentioned right and and the question is that is, is it that is it that civilization was only in that area in that in that region at that time 
or you know maybe. and you you and yeah. maybe i don't know and, and and you know you think about sort of the fact that you know there were there were civilizations out, uh, other than sort of in the in, in 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 our part of the world so yeah just yeah just I, something which kind I, of I, which comes to mind it, it, it's unrelated topic sorry i'm i'm digressing here but this this part is ever the way i think about it is uh, um, at that time there was a lot of importance given to this um you know just like industrial revolution in europe or or the 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 cluster of artists and others during that time in europe in the same way there was a lot of people there were a lot of people who were who were focused on this there was importance given to this right uh, to understand um uh, understand the the um the whole science behind what eventually became vedanta and yoga right so from that perspective i i think they would have used examples from around them right where where they were and to the people that um uh, were listening to that that's how at least i see it i i also But believe the... no carry on kishore no no i i was just saying that uh, you know uh, when the the question about um how to negate the karmas and, and things like that um you know in i still i think you know going into going to ganga or all these places i, I may have yeah. an impact as uh, as na says but then i i think when there is a even better option that's provided to us which is in terms of how we do our work uh, and yeah. what attitude what is the right attitude towards everything that we do even normally right we don't have to change anything that we do but change only the attitude with which we do it and the attitude with which we receive the results of it when that can be understood we don't have to go to ganga or anywhere else to actually do this because okay. we are changing it in our, our own selves so why not just do that and not just do that uh, why not put our efforts into that versus figuring out okay now i need to go and do this particular thing and this particular ritual i don't know if it's going to work did i do it correctly or whatever it may be when i can practice this over a period of time and give it that time to for that to uh, have an impact on me right uh, in my on my nature so um when that is available why not i spend put put my time towards that that's the question so in my opinion there is not like just like one simple solution just go take a ganga snanam and all your uh, <laughs> sins will be gone for it's just like a, any disease right you you have to pro- take lot of things you, you probably need to do some uh, uh, you know uh, warm compress other things uh, that that support you to um, make the disease go away so it's like that are seen also it's just not like taking ganga snanam alone will make our sins go away there are other things that you need to do in a right yeah. path thanks uh, shantar so uh, guys i think uh, it's uh, 7:15 by by my time now i think we probably will have to park that the other definition of karma a little bit and get back to the chapters that we are reading because it's very important chapter and in my view you know uh, the first part of the first part what we read so far where uh, where geeta talks about uh, who we are and who we are not you know uh, uh, i want to i want to lead on to the next set of the discussion with the question that we left in the last uh, discussion right which was vp rajesh's question so the question that i have for vp rajesh now is vp you know you had this question okay i have this i have this desires what should i do about it or something in that in that in that uh, uh, in a related area that you asked the question can you repeat your question now for all of us to understand and can you also explain you know what is your view after you have read this first few pages in the karma yoga chapter Can't hear you, Vivi. No, he cannot hear you. He's I cannot. No. Can't hear you, Vivi. Oh, that's good. Okay, we'll wait for him to get back. Uh, but you yeah. know, 
I remember his question uh, vaguely. Maybe people can correct me. He says his question was, okay, I have desires. Does it mean that I should not go chase my desires? I think that was the broad yeah, yeah. question what he had. Okay. Right. So right. Can, the, from the pages what we have read, can you know? Can some of you give 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 some give your thoughts about what what the Gita says there? It's so, so clearly I, stated in page fifty-three on that, uh, just like an answer, also, almost like an answer for the question that you just posed, right? The meaning of the verse is like is perform action, expecting results, act so that you can achieve what you desire, plan and execute your work. But but if the result is totally opposite, uh, contrary to your expectation, in spite of all your vision will. Don't react and call yourself a failure. So it states that yes, you can desire and work towards it, uh, but just don't uh, like you know uh, get attached to the results. I wish VP can get back his audio. I I I wish VP, you know, we could at least understand whether he he heard he heard this thing and whether he echoes with that or not. Yeah, yeah. There, I think. Yeah, I think. There is a Hindi song also around this, uh, which uh, just summarizes uh, the answer what you just now said, Santa. Uh, that that it goes like this: Karam kiye ja fal ki ichha mat kare insan. Jaisa karam karega, waisa fal dega Bhagwan. Now I have to Google the meaning of that. <laughs> <laughs> All them got it. That's the homework you gave me. <laughs> ஒருத்தர் no uh that's uh, that's a problem right i mean if you know let's say we have done everything correct right um and then uh, we have done everything well expecting a, a certain positive outcome but then if you think about it there's so many things that are that eventually add uh to to get you that particular outcome whatever outcome it is right there's so many things that play one day a very small part of it is something that we control so when we do a work we control only a small part of it there are infinite other um other constraints that are are responsible for determ- uh, to determine what the outcome would be so for us to think that what we did is the only uh, uh thing that, that would be foolish of us to think because there are infinite other things that result with um that have an impact on it that's um, that's one thing but the second thing that's why they say you do not have the right to the outcome you have the right to make a, a decide whether you want to do the work or not that's the free will part now you have decided to work you have this, uh, and then when you work the right attitude of working that's another part where you can have an impact but then you do not have the right to the um there will be a result there will be an outcome there is no doubt you are also welcome to expect a certain outcome which is also natural that i'm doing this work and i i hope to get promoted or i hope to win something hear me i can't saying is that uh, you know it is okay to work um, and expect a result also but then when the result comes in can we be equanimous to whether it was a positive negative or a, a okay result right so can we develop that attitude towards that 
And that's the question, right? So even if we expect something, and if it doesn't happen, that is is one of the biggest reasons why we suffer, right? So that with this attitude, that goes away. That is the biggest part of this. So, so, so Kishore, Kishore, that's where that's where I've been struggling to connect the dots, which is, and I, I, okay. I kind of like the way you describe it in one of your posts around the fact that you make it non-binding, as you called it, I think. Uh, yeah. The the one the, the thing that I I can't sort of connect is that it's fine to do action to do your karma, uh, but if you are almost, I mean I I, I think it's a wrong word, but if, if you are non-binding or indifferent to the outcome, right? Indifferent is the wrong word, I think. But if 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 you don't have that sort of, you know, the, the desire sort of. Not affected, my, not affected by the, the results, you can say that. Yeah, not, not being affected by the failure or success, doesn't it kind of dilute or, or, or kind of, you know, the desire becomes, I mean, when you have a desire, you have like an outcome in mind, right? And if the outcome you can, doesn't matter, right. or how, how would you kind of, how do you kind of connect that dot, if you know what I mean? We are not saying the outcome should not matter. Not, that's not what we are. What we are saying, we are saying accept the outcome that comes. You see, for example, okay. See, then if you if you go with the argument, what you're saying, Ajay, chances are, you know, it happened with me. That's why I'm telling you this. I set low expectations of myself because I misunderstood what is karma yoga. Okay, and when I suddenly realized I was achieving much more because I set my low expectations, then I I was wondering what the heck was wrong. Then then oh. I understood it. I'm saying. No need to set low expectations. If you want to, let's say, yeah. take a company public, if that is your goal, set that expectation. Okay, but what I'm saying is, right. accept what it comes. Let's say that tomorrow, before you go public, it becomes it becomes bought over by somebody. Okay, and maybe for whatever reason, okay, you know, if, if you're, you could be happy, you could be sad, that's a different topic. But the point is, you have to accept that. Or it could just happen that, you know, it did not happen at all, despite your best efforts. Right? The point yeah. is, the idea, the idea that you're saying is, nobody's saying, this is a differentiation that Ajay, that we need to make, right? Nobody's saying, don't set the goal, okay? Don't set your, you have to set your goal and you have to set it high because you got to exercise that. You got to exercise the ability to do it. But where we fail to do it is, if it does not happen, okay, can we accept it? For example, take the case, okay? Tomorrow, if your kid doesn't, uh, get get to something what uh, you want them to do. Okay, you deliberately using the word. Okay, mm -hmm. what would be your attitude? Your attitude would be uh, acceptance, or your attitude would be that you know, this is this did not work out, and then you get frustrated. What what would be your attitude? The point is, if you know that there are so many factors that your kid can do whatever he or she would want to do based on their own proclivities and all that. You know, just because you have a goal for somebody else doesn't mean that somebody else will have to meet. And the same thing is applicable even in your actions. That's what I'm trying to say. I understand. Understand. Does that make sense? Yeah. The the other way, right? If you if you think about it, um, soon we end up realizing that there is no such thing as good or bad outcome. It, it is just an outcome, right? You and we just accept it because uh, if you think about it, I, and if you relate it to our own. Uh, past, uh, I mean, things that have happened in our own lives, you you can apply it and see it, right? Another good example would be, uh, this is something I read in Steve Jobs' book, uh, where he says, when he was fired from Apple, the company he founded and he was so passionate about and had so much plans for that company, and he was fired from that, um, he writes that that was, at that time, it seemed like his life was about to end and it didn't make any sense to live anymore. And uh, he was completely distraught and, and destroyed, in fact, right? But then in the Stanford commencement speech, if you look it up, uh, he talks about how yeah. he talks about connecting the dots. And then he says that uh, uh, that was the best thing that has ever happened in his life. Why? Because eventually, once he went through that uh, problem of, uh, uh, you know, this is the worst thing and all that, he realized that he was free now. He was not bound by the company that he had founded and so much politics inside that and all that. He was free, completely free to create anything he wanted. And that freedom generated, eventually resulted in 
getting associated with Pixar and eventually uh, building his next company called Next, uh, which would lead him back into Apple and into into building the uh, rest of the things that he did. Right now, uh, one thing to take away from that is there is nothing good or bad. The outcome is just an outcome, and we completely accept it. Uh, that's one. And because we do not know if that outcome is going to be good or bad in future, only when yeah, we look yeah. back at this outcome, are we going to connect the dots and say, at that time I felt it was yeah. bad, but then the best thing to have happened, right? How many times has it happened to our own lives? If you no, think no, about Kishore, 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 you're absolutely correct. And I, I think that's, that's a good example. The, 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 the point I'm making is that you have a desire. You want yeah. a certain outcome, right? Right. Now, right. when you get to the and outcome, we all kind of, and, and if the outcome is not what you desire, we all kind of deal with it. And we, we kind of say, okay, fair enough. It didn't happen. It was not meant to happen. We move on. We do other things, whatever, right? But, you know, it goes back to the point, you know, not having desires and, and saying, you've got to have the desire. You've got to uh -huh. want the outcome. Uh -huh. If I don't want the Olympic gold, I will not win it. You know, it's that the kind of thing, right? I agree. So it doesn't say uh, that I don't have desires, right? Yeah. 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 So, but what will eventually happen when we start doing this over a period of time, right? And it takes time, isn't it? Because all this, uh, our um, uh, conditioned behavior has happened over decades, if not births. Even if you don't believe in rebirth, uh, it has still taken decades to condition us uh, to this level. Now, it's going to take some time, but eventually what will happen is it's going to start neutralizing the likes and dislikes in us, in our nature. Right, um, and so the strong um, uh, the desire will still be there, but then the outcome will be in a non-binding way. So you will still do it with a lot of vigor, right? I want to do this, and I want to. So at, at that time, the the work will also become the act of the doing it. The action starts to become um, in such a way that the action is done with an intrinsic for its intrinsic value. So you will do it because, hey, I like singing because I'm not because I'm going to earn X amount of money and with that money I'm going to do something. You will do it because I love to sing, right? It will become that way. And because of it, actually the work itself is going to become better, right? Because you're doing it for the sake of, because, hey, I'm, I'm good at this. I'm doing this for its intrinsic value. And now you may That's expect a result and it's completely all right. But if you can change the attitude of receiving the result, Mm. then that intrinsic value of doing it also increases. So it, it, uh, it adds to both. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no uh, I know, Rajesh, you had a point you were trying to make. So go ahead. Uh, no, what, I'm say what I was saying was, uh, Kishore, to add to what you're saying, also just step back, step back for a second, okay? At the end of the day, one of the things that we have to think through is, why do we have to develop this kind of an attitude? You know, uh, it's, it's important for us to understand that because we need to know what's our goal, okay? And for that, we have to go back to the revision what we did in the chapters one to six before, okay? The goal is there is something called Satchitananda, which is our own innermost core, core being. Today, we don't realize that is, our, that is our goal. I mean, today, we don't realize that. We can't experience the benefits of being that. And where the problem is happening is, the problem is happening because there is some sort of an obstruction that's happening in our mind. And the, the book says very clearly that the only way that you can actually experience what that particular Sachidananda, unlimited happiness without any sort of emotional dependence or anything, being joyful at all the time, is when you have got a certain state of mind. Okay? And it says clearly that for you to develop cultivating that certain state of mind, the first step that you need to do is not to bring your likes and dislikes into anything that you do because you then it becomes subjective interpretation of what you're doing or what the external world is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, the, uh, in the same uh, vein, uh, the uh, karma yoga is, uh, is, uh, um, often referred to as a, as the first step towards uh, purification of the mind, right? At, at least that's how they put it. 
because again if you take the the metaphor of a lake um there are two things that we need to do one is to purify the water and second is to fill the surface of the lake right and then the reflection of the moon on the lake is a is a really good reflection right so um so there are two uh, two things that we need to do here one is purification of the mind and two is stillness of the mind right so so reduces the 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 uh, waves of the surface and why are we doing this why are we doing this is because then it the other uh, mind is pure enough and still hence can reflect the self right can can be a good surface for the self to get reflected on it right just like the 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 surface of the lake can reflect the moon and show its real the moon as without any distortion in the same way the mind can reflect the self and since the nature of self is happiness right the nature like this is say such as ananda the third part of it is happiness so that happiness that comes from self which is which is the real nature is able to reflect in our mind more clearly so for a mind to accept it or to, to reflect it without distortion we need a mind that is pure and and does not have too many um uh, uh rajas going on as a human activity going on so it's still and it's um and it is clear right so such a mind is able to reflect that happiness and that is the happiness we feel as when we say we are happy or we are joyful right so if your mind is permanently in that state it's going to reflect the self permanently and it could lead to lasting happiness you see what i mean uh, so then the goal becomes sorry i know just to finish the point so the goal uh, if you think uh if you start by saying hey i want to be happy or have uh, you know one of the goals of life being i want to be happy it's not that you know um uh, so let's say that is the goal um which i think we can all relate with isn't it um uh, uh, then the path comes down to okay to do that i need to cultivate a mind that's pure and is able to stay still right so what are those things that cause it to not be that way right so and that's where the question of karma yoga comes in okay now how do i make my mind pure i can make it pure by removing the impurities how do i remove the impurities there are different things one of the biggest uh, um, methods mentioned one of the most important methods mentioned is karma yoga by doing this over a period of time it removes the uh, impurities and put in yet another in a metaphysical way it removes the rajas and tamas or reduces the rajas and tamas and increases the sattva of the mind so so if i if i can sort of just for my benefit maybe what what i'm hearing is that desires are okay uh striving for an outcome is is absolutely okay uh yeah acceptance is 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 therefore the key uh of whatever the outcome is and if you accept you it leads to a calm mind and if you are calm you're happy or you like it leads to removing impurities that lead lead to yeah. happiness yeah the impurities in the mind are slowly removed slowly removed over a period of time and now the mind is prepared to is is in a, in a state where it's able to um kind of reflect the happiness of the self right so and and when you say and from that just interject just to inter- just to interject uh, so when you say impurities you mean things like anger and frustration and jealousy yes. that kind of stuff yeah okay exactly yes. think yes. about it right when expectations so you expect a certain outcome think about it and just uh, play, play let's play this out so you expected a certain outcome and you tried really hard for it you did everything right according to the book ethically and everything right right and then the outcome did not happen right yeah um what happens if you don't don't accept it and then you're going to feel frustrated right um and that that might lead to anger in some cases it might lead to jealousy in some other cases it might lead to now from that state of mind of anger being predominant 
or if you take yet another action, if you do other actions as a result of that, and you are in that mental state already, that action is bound to be suboptimal, isn't it? Uh, or maybe even the wrong action to have done. And now that wrong action is going to have a re-reaction to that. Uh, there's going to be an outcome of that wrong action, which is not going to be good, which is again pushing you back into this vicious cycle. Now you're, you're, you're now said, in yeah. the cycle. You're trying to break that yeah. cycle in both, both one on the expectation side and one in the action side. So you're trying to break that cycle in both sides. Yeah, time out. Anu, you had a question, and after that, we probably will... Uh, uh, no, 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 it kind of got uh, covered in the discussion. That... Sorry, okay. sorry, Anu. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Go, Sonali. Sorry, I'm just being conscious of the time, so I'm just trying to moderate it, bring it to a logical point, and we can, you know, call it a day and uh, go for the next week. Uh, uh, I just have a different question, like, uh, with regards to wrong action and good action, I guess, uh, like, this this thing, what your action is wrong, or is good or bad, is this something that our sasters, uh, like, install a fear in your mind? You know, that's why you don't do, because this concept is not there in the rest of the world. So that's how, you know, like, the British Empire was a conqueror. It went and ruled all over the world. As our Indian kings, you know, although they were very powerful and mighty, but they did not go and conquer the other worlds, because... That fear, you know, is there or was there. That's how we were not so, uh, we were, I mean, we did not uh, expand our empire or that's how we did not, what do you say, spread out. Like the way other religions have spread, Christianity and uh, Islam, but Hinduism did not, you know, stay restricted to this continent. It's because of the fear that was, you know, built in uh, among the people and that fear of good action and strong bad action kind of prevents you from going and conquering or, you know, had prevented uh, going and conquering. Or even now, you know, we have the policy of not to attack of first, like not to be, you know, uh, with the first to attack. So that, you know, prevents us sometimes from getting, you know, taking advantage of or by rest of the world or being subdued by rest of the world. Sonali, maybe I'm we were very well contented. Mm. We were huh? contented and we didn't have to go and search for other things. Our country had all the resources and uh, we were very contented with what we have. <laughs> Perhaps that. I think the energy was spent in a different direction. Energy was not spent outside. Energy was spent inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but for others, yes. so the world up then uses your resources. You know, the British came and we were so content. That's a different topic, different discussion that we will have to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's going really, really off our discussions now. So, uh, just making sure. VP, are you still back on the audio or uh, no? Let me see. Can you hear me? Little bit, yeah. Little bit better, yes. Yeah, I can't hear I've been able to hear. We've not been able to hear. Yeah. So I think we probably, VP, we'll have to figure out what is the, what is wrong with uh, your audio because last time also you had the same issue. Okay. Uh, so uh, I think uh, 10 minutes passed. Usually I think we seem to be going over 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So I hope, uh, you know, we will have to somehow contain it and bring it back. And maybe, maybe we'll have to make this session as one or 15 minutes then. Yeah. Just, just one thought, Rajesh. Uh, yeah. You know, there's this kind of discussion around weekly versus uh, fortnightly. Yeah, yeah. And 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 yeah. you know, my view on that was that I like the idea of this discussion because you know when you read, you read and you kind of form some opinions and you don't know how to validate them or not. But these conversations are quite useful. So I'm my personal sort of preference is that we do it every week till the time that we have 
is locked down, uh, but but don't kind of rush ahead. Just kind of debate it. I would love that because I I have not been personally uh, not been able to read uh, uh, you know well, and I was doing a shoddy job of really trying to read it. So I was very uncomfortable to do this on a weekly basis and going ahead. But if we if the goal is to you know, meet every week and probably discuss some of the topics that we have already covered without progressing every week. That's okay with me. Yeah, that is my preference, but I don't know what the others may have. Yeah, yeah I think uh, if we have the same um, content that can be discussed over two sessions, um, it would be lovely because you read it, you form a set of interpretations or perceptions, then you come back, you discuss it, you go back, dwell on it, and then you come back again to see if you come with another perspective, a better understanding or more confused, either way. And then you discuss that in the second time, and then we move on to the next set of readings. I think that makes sense. I'm good with it. Anybody else have yeah. any objections to that? Fine. I agree, yeah. I agree, and I'm fine with weekly or bi-weekly, whatever you decide. I'm fine with weekly, too. Okay. I'm good as long as Zoom is and WebEx works here, so I suppose that will be till the end of this whole uh, <laughs> COVID Not thing, up. and then after that we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so next week we'll meet at the same time, but uh, we will not uh, read any more pages in the Karma Yoga chapter of the book. We'll wait till here, uh, but I feel that, you know, uh, uh, um, I feel that, you know, we probably have, uh, uh, I mean, listening to some of the discussions what we've had, especially the interesting questions what Ajay had, and VP, we missed the question what he uh, asked in the previous uh, previous discussion. I feel that we need to understand Karma Yoga a little bit more, the way that it's been explained. So let's mull over this a little bit. I hope you guys don't mind on that. Yeah, yeah. agree. If you can jot down your thoughts and, and posts. That'll be, uh, that'll be that'll be that'll be useful. The insights insights tab is still open, not populated by all the 13 people in here, other than a couple of people. Please take this opportunity to write in your insights. Now you got some extra pages to write insights as well. <laughs> okay. All right. I think awesome discussions. Let's uh, conclude with our prayer, as usual. Om Sahanabhavatu Sahanambunakku Sahavirabhavatu Ejasvinabhadhi Tamasvinabhishabhade Om Shanti 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 I know. Enjoy your weekend. And VP, just to hey, VP, just to let you know, this is my second uh, Nirjala Ekadashi going on well. Oh.